Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I am your host, Patrick Smith, and I want to welcome my co-hosts, Nick Irwin, Shane Eisterhold, and Russell Rowe. Hey, Patrick. Where can they find us? Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at It Tastes Different. Uh, we're also on Instagram at It Tastes Different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter, where you can find us at It Tastes Diff. What's on the menu for today? Well, we have the sausage and potatoes with Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, excuse me, is a role-playing game developed by Square Enix and published by Square Enix. Um, it's an entry in the long-running Dragon Quest video game series. It was originally released in Japan for Nintendo, 3DS, and PlayStation 4 in July of 2017, and then worldwide for PlayStation 4 and Windows in September of 2018. Uh, an enhanced, like, definitive edition was released back in September of 2019 for the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 and Microsoft Windows, and then now Xbox One in December 2020. And that's what we all played. We all played the uh, Xbox One version this in December. Uh, it's technically a, what I would consider a contemporary JRPG, you know, it's classic JRPG in my opinion. Lots of dialogue, lots of turn-based combat, all that good fun stuff. So I'm going to turn this one on over to Nick and let him give us his opinion of Dragon Quest XI Echoes of an Elusive Age. All right. This is my type of game. Uh, this is a classic, uh, you know, modern-looking, modern setting, uh, or not modern setting, but modern-looking, modern-playing uh, JRPG that's also kind of has that classic rpg style so i you know that's the type of games i grew up on playing back on the super nintendo and everything so i'm definitely down for these types of games and this so this is my type of game i love this game i played this game on the playstation 4 when it originally came out and beat it on there <laughs> i bought the nintendo switch version so i have that version as well and then now i have the xbox version so you could tell that I really, I really love this game and dig it a lot. So, uh, this game is a very long game. You know, if you're going to do all the side quests and the main story and everything, it can take you several hours to get through this game. Uh, I think on the PlayStation 4, I probably did at, at least 120, 140 hours of gameplay just playing through everything, and I did everything on the PlayStation. And that was the non-deluxe version. You know, they came out with the deluxe version that did have some extra content. And some bug fixes and patches and various things like that, that they did to the game. So, you know, the Deluxe Edition, I think, is the only thing they're selling now. So that is the, you know, game to get because it has everything in it. But uh, this game has a ton of stuff. Uh, the nice thing about it, too, with the Deluxe Edition is that you can also play it 2D, like the old classic uh, Super Nintendo RPG. So it'll be top-down, not top-down look. But, you know... Yeah, for me, this game is is a, is a ton of fun. It's great to play. It's it's a very long RPG. So if you you want to get into something that's incredibly long and deep, <laughs> this is the type of <laughs> RPG. <for you. laughs> Sorry about that. This is the type of RPG for you. It, it, it's a great uh, Japanese old school RPG, but with a modern setting, it's all fully voice acted, and uh, well, mostly. I mean, there's some text pieces but all the main plot points are, are uh, fully voiced uh, and uh, sketched out and, and kind of a CGI look it's, it's all in game but still I mean this game has a lot going for it there's a lot of uh, the old school RPG stuff that we loved back in the day like secrets and hidden stuff and just you know the plot takes twists and turns everywhere so it's a great game you know and for me since I have played it and I've played through it and I've beaten it I really want to get a sense of what everyone else thinks of this game and their experiences with it. So, uh, Patrick, I'll go ahead and send it back to you. Uh, what do you think of Dragon Quest XI? Well, I wish somebody would have forewarned me the beginning was a little slow. That kind of perturbed me a little bit, I will say, because I didn't play as much because of that. Um, when I first started playing, I, I was a little bored with... I thought the graphics looked a little weird and wonky, and, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just my console, maybe something like that, but... Once I played and got a decent way through, and what I mean a decent way through was basically after you get Escape from the Castle, it looked like the graphics changed to me because they no longer looked like that paper glued onto a screen. It looked great. 
it looked fun. Um, like I said, the biggest thing that I ran into was that I didn't really like the graphical look of it. But once I got out of the castle from the first, like, that's like, uh, it's like after basically the prologue. Once the prologue ends, it almost looked like the graphics changed to me. Um, it played pretty good. It reminds me of an old school RPG. I will say the beginning combat is very monotonous. And just because it doesn't give you a whole lot of direction in the beginning, it just says, go here, go to the castle. And you're like, okay. Should I kill this stuff on the way to the castle or try to avoid it? And me, I'm like, I'm going to try to kill everything around me and look in every little nook and cranny and corner because that's the kind of gamer I am. And I just got a little bit bored with the monotonous enemies that I ran into. But, you know, the further you progress, the more, obviously, just like any other game, the more varied the enemies become and all that kind of stuff and the more varied your abilities will be. But in the beginning, all you can really do is swing your sword and do a, uh, one little magic deal, but you don't have enough magic to do hardly anything. So don't do too much of it. You know, um, but overall, I liked it and I want to play more of it, especially because I was hindered by the fact that I didn't like what I saw in the beginning. So didn't play as much. But once I got out of the castle, I really enjoyed the way that it was progressing and the story was going and the story is pretty compelling and pretty interesting. And I wanted to see more of that combat was just a little boring for me in the beginning, but it picked up pretty quick after the castle. Like I said, you start getting a little bit more varied abilities. I have a few complaints about the game, but I'll kind of save that towards the end, you know, because I want to talk about what everybody else feels, and then we can kind of get into some of the issues maybe we ran into. Not necessarily issues, or just more of our our thoughts, you know. So overall, though, this is a great game. I mean, I like it. It's a typical JRPG. Uh, has all the great elements that you would expect from that. Turn-based combat, intriguing story, lots of exploration, lots of places to go and look. But, uh, Russ, what do you think of this one? Uh, so far... For me, I, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement for the most part. Um, this is me. This is the reviewer me saying those things. The personal me uh, doing a back-to-back games for RPG kind of way on me. Uh, you guys know I'm not a huge basic RPG kind of guy. If I do an RPG, I, I'd like you know maybe a little bit of MMO put in there, a little bit of you know something different than just um, this this same turn-based style or turn-style based kind of what a turn-based style. I'm sorry. I cannot even say it right. Uh, versions of, of games. Um, I'm with Patrick very early on. I, I, I love the fact that we played Yakuza before this because I actually have never played a Dragon Quest game until this one. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry to disappoint <laughs> you, but that's the truth. And so, just the with finesse portion of, of it was just a lot of fun. For those that don't know, when you finish um, part-time hero quests, part-time hero quests in Yakuza, he ends it with with finesse. And when you finish a quest in Dragon Quest, it's, it has the same moniker, which I, I didn't know about. I thought that was fun. Actually, that was the funnest part of, of what I found out of it. I know that's sad, but the skill panel is, is pretty much uh, uh, basic logic for all RPG games, um, your weapons, uh, all that good stuff was was all the basics. I mean, it's what you would expect uh, from a standard RPG. Again, if you're Nick or you're somebody like that, you're going to love this game. The story is solid. Uh, it is basic, just about like everything else. You know, you're the hero. Wait, you're not the hero. Yes, you are the hero, kind of thing. But it is, uh, it's it's good. I'm sounding a little bit more down on the game than I actually mean to be. It's just because my personal game style, again, four different flavors, is that I can only do like one of these games every four or five months. I can't, I can't do a bunch of these because they, they kind of, uh, they, they tend to bore me, especially in that first hour of playing a game. If, if I'm having to listen to too much dialogue, uh, I zone out a little bit, but. In any case, that's my kind of initial review. I'll add some more as well as we go. I'm going to throw it to the old man Shane and see what he has to say. Well, first of all, very upset I wasn't called upon first. <laughs> I, uh, first thing I'll say is Pat is absolutely right. It starts off slow. Uh, it is a very slow burn for the probably first half hour, maybe 45 minutes. Uh, depends on how you play. Uh, I, I like to take my time, uh, slow burn through it, especially at the beginning, you know, get familiar with the controls and whatnot. The graphics, I think, are fantastic. I think the graphics are unique uh, to Dragon's Quest. 
Um, it has a very, uh, of course, uh, the guy who done the character design is also, I uh, can't think of his name, but does Dragon Ball. So you'll definitely see a lot of Goku <laughs> running around. The um, uh, world is beautiful uh, when you're in cities. Uh, the open world is a little bland. It sounds beautiful too, Shane. The, uh, but the, the, the world is beautiful um, when you're in towns. The uh, open world is really generic, uh, bland. There's a few areas that are like, ooh, that's pretty cool. And then you step away from it, uh, back to you know nothing. Um, the controls are, are tight, but you have to, right once you begin, you got to go in and play with the controls. They start you off with... Um, very old school kind of a setup the turn-based system on there is kind of wonky so you got to get in there and adjust the controls on it clicking the left trigger uh, left stick does an auto run which is atrocious it's terrible <laughs> but i love the characters so far uh the uh ones i just picked up the two ladies uh they're pretty dang funny uh and i like their 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 abilities and stuff so basically i got my mages now um, I think overall, I wished uh, I would have played this one sooner, uh, but I'm glad I waited for the Series X because it looks fantastic. I'm not sure what you were uh, seeing there at the beginning, Pat. To me, it looks the same from the beginning, but you know, I may be wrong. I don't know. Uh, but I enjoy it. I think uh, it does have some issues, but uh, we can all complain about that in a minute. Uh, so what do you think, Nick? Is this, is this something that you felt was worth playing through one more time on the series X. I do. Um, again, this is a great RPG for me, especially. And, and, you know, I, of course we're playing other games, you know, to get ready for other reviews and various things like that. Uh, but this is a game I'll continue to play through just because I love this game. I mean, like I said, I've beaten it before, so I know what happens in the story and stuff like that. But, you know, like you said, Shane, you do, and kind of like Patrick alluded to as well, is you do get other party members, and other party members have certain stats and stuff like that, and, and kind of contribute to the team in different ways. One of the nice things about the game, too, is uh, it does have a, a pretty good skill tree. Um, you do have these points that you get when you level up, which you can put towards different skills within this skill tree. Now, when the game starts out, you kind of look at the skill tree and, you you know, for your main character, let's say, as an example, um, you could do sword and board or you could do uh, double handed sword. Uh, and then you have a luminary line, which the main hero is called the luminary. He's the savior of the world, basically. And so you can contribute points to these different skills within those different lines. And you think when you look at it, you know, it, it's it's a pretty good size. And you're like, well, it's not too big though there's not a lot here you know like after a few levels i'll have this thing you know mapped out with all my skill points but what you don't know <laughs> just to give it's kind of a little spoiler is that that skill tree gets expanded huge it, it, it in the story of the game so you know stuff happens in the game and then that skill tree becomes exploded for everybody and it is gigantic where you're going to be putting skills into your characters and points into those different skill trees and stuff as it as it expands till the end of the game and beyond as you're putting points in. So you have a lot to play with, and every character has that same type of thing. Uh, Serena and Victoria are the two mages that you pick up towards the beginning of the game. And, you know, Victoria is more of... A kind of a black mage does more uh, destructive magic, whereas Serena is more of your kind of white mage that does more of your, uh, you know, uh, healing magic and stuff like that. And they both use one uses a wand and one uses a scepter, but you can have them use a whip and the other one you can have use a spear if you want them to. The nice thing about the whip is the whip can hit all uh, characters at once, all enemies at once. It's limited damage wise. But it can string the entire row of enemies. So you could take out a whole group of enemies with one hit with the whip. Uh, and then Serena with the spear can do some really cool, kind of turns her into a dragoon that can also do white magic 
Um, so you get to play with that type of stuff and you can kind of mix and match or, you know, you can have them use wands and spear, or, you know, and, and the spear if you want, you know, for Serena or uh, for Eric, which is one of your first characters. He uses the daggers and then you can unlock uh, dual wielding, which he'll use. He'll, he can use uh, dual daggers. Um, he can also use the boomerang, which a boomerang, again, like the whip, can hit multiple enemies. And so everyone has that kind of stuff. And you get more party members as you go that have their own specialties. And you can kind of, you know, through the skill tree and stuff, you can kind of determine what you want them to be, right? Uh, they're going to have their main principles. Victoria is still going to be your black mage, and Serena is still going to be your white mage. And, you know, Eric, which is one of the first characters you pick up, he's still going to be your thief. But the type of weapons and the type of skills he's able to use or they're able to use uh, can be changed depending on what you select in the skill tree, which is nice. So it gives you kind of a little bit of flexibility to, to determine, OK, I kind of want them to go in this direction. Now, of course, as you level up, you could eventually get everything unlocked if you wanted to. But as you're playing through the game, you can kind of guide them in a direction that you want them to be depending on how you want that particular character to grow as you're progressing through the game, which is a nice uh, way. So they're not stuck in that one area of their expertise. They can kind of expand out and do other things, which is uh, really nice. So now, I don't know if you guys saw that. One of the things I wanted to know is, can you respect them? You um, Yes. I believe so. Yeah, I think there's a respect uh, uh, something or other that you can get. Because one of the things that I did in the beginning is I didn't realize that when you got a new companion that they had a second set of weapons on them. And when mm. I was looking at, like, Eric, for example, when I looked at his skill tree, I'm like, oh, I wish he had a boomerang so I could uh, try this boomerang multi-attack thing out. But he came with a dagger. So I'm like, I don't feel like messing with that. So I just started putting points in the dagger. And then I got to messing around with the inventory and saw that, well, he comes with a boomerang. He comes with a sword. He comes with a dagger. And I'm like, well, darn it. <laughs> well, at <laughs> least you didn't buy the sword. At least you didn't buy a boomerang like I did. <laughs> so as you can tell, Nick knows a little more than us. <laughs> right. Yeah, one of the complaints that I do have about the initial setup of the game is they don't tell you a whole lot about some of the stuff that you're doing. Like, the initial setup of the game, one of the things that drove me nuts was that my character was movable during the combat scenes. And you come to find out you could turn that off. It's like combat movement or whatever. So, yeah. but what that's supposed to be is that you can move outside of the white circle and it will allow you to, to like dodge moves and stuff like that or parry or something like that, which I found interesting, but it doesn't really explain any of that. You kind of have to like stumble on it. And then initially I was, when I got Eric, I'm like, why can't I control this guy? And it's because all companions seem to come enabled with the attack wisely method instead of follow my orders. So I was like a little perturbed, like when can I start controlling Eric? And I didn't realize I could start controlling him as soon as he joined my party. I was just like waiting for something in the story to go, okay, now you guys are like combined at the hip party or something. But so <laughs> that kind of drove me nuts because he was just attacking randomly. And I'm like, I don't like this. I want to control who he's attacking and what he's doing. And then I finally found out that was in a setting that I just needed to change. So there's a lot of settings that honestly I think this game should walk you through in like a tutorial mode that they don't walk you through. You just have to figure it out on your own. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. There is a nice tutorial section in the game. If you go to the start menu, there is the, uh, I can't remember what they call it. The t t I don't think they call it tutorial. They call it the, and they may call it tutorial or something like that, but it's a giant like kind of encyclopedia of how to play the game. But, like you said, they don't really point you to that. You kind of have to look at the menu and see it, and you're like, oh, hey, there's this whole thing that t teaches you all about the stuff that the game does not present to you. It's just, it's there, right? You can go look at it, and it'll tell you all sorts of stuff. But, you know, they don't do a very good job of... I mean, they do throw up tutorial tips here and there in the game, but yeah, I mean, that if you go to the encyclopedia within the game, it will go into detail about all that stuff. But you have to kind of go look for it, unfortunately. Right, and a lot of that stuff, you know, and I'll say this, this is this is more of a knock on the, the Xbox than anything, is that they do sometimes do the tooltips between scenes, but the dang thing loads so quick I can't <laughs> read it. And I ran into that so many times. I was trying to, 
I was trying to uh, a cutscene thing came up about pepping up, and I'm like, oh, I wanted to see the how. How do I increase how often I can pep up? And I'm like, oh, I couldn't even read it; it was too fast, you know, because I was running the quest early on when you when you first get Eric to join your party. The 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 little uh, girl right outside the church wants you to do a pep up attack, and I'm like, how do I force them to do a pep up? And obviously, you can't. You right. have to. It's a chance encounter thing, but you yeah. can increase the percentage. I thought, well, maybe I have to attack so many enemies, and oh my god, I'm gonna tell you what. I got pretty annoyed pretty quick because I cleared out that little area going up the ramp and came back down the ramp killing enemies and then went the other way and then finally it pepped up and I'm like, oh god, it's done. And then I went into the castle and you know and did all that stuff and I'm just like, I need a little bit more guidance here, guys. You know, I'm I I will also admit that I never played any of the Dragon Quest series until this one. Um, wasn't right. really on my radar until Nick had mentioned it and I looked into it. And I'm like, this looks like a pretty cool JRPG. Um, and and from what I've read, it's probably what they consider the best of the series anyway. So, you know, I, we're, we're starting with the best. <laughs> right. It's yeah. a good one to start with. Yeah. The pep up, <clears throat> the pep up, it, from what I understood, and, and from even playing the PlayStation version, is it just seems to be random. Right. You, there are skill points that, like you said, that you can put in to increase the, uh, how often uh, your uh, characters go into pep mode or whatever they call it. Um, basically a pet mode is where they change blue. They turn blue. They do this like little animation where they super saiyan. They go basically. super saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they turn blue. And then when you get two you get characters, hit, you well, get hit really, too many times. It, it's not really based on that. No, it's, it's not. not really. It's not. It's yeah, not that either. It literally says it. I don't think it's that either though, because I, in the PlayStation 4, I even tried that. You know, man, unless they change how the pep-up works, uh, I even tested that out, and it just seems to be completely random when your character goes pep. Uh, it doesn't seem to be on the amount of hits or the amount of enemies you attack. It just seems to be like a random thing. Right, There's no always, gauge for it. Right, it might right? always popped up at the end of combat. It wasn't like as soon as I got hit, my guy went into it. It was just like, I just attacked, now he pepped up. Right, but basically the pep ups are pretty cool. So basically, if you get uh, you re you really want to you whenever a, a character becomes pep, they their their attack, their defense, their agility, like all their um, stats increase. I don't know how much because it doesn't tell you, but they basically increase, and so they can hit harder, they can dodge quicker. They ba they basically become super saiyan pretty much, and so. If you get two or more characters that'll pep up, you can do these really big moves um, that do a lot of damage. But there's a ton of them, right? And it also just depends on um, – you can also do a pep with three characters as well. So yep. it depends on how many characters and what – you can go into the, uh, into the menus and look at the different peps and figure out who it takes to do a certain pep move. Um, so for example, you could do one with like Serena, which will do some damage to the enemy, but also heal everybody, um, which is really nice. Like if you're in a, a boss fight or something, you know, you want to throw her into the mix so that way you can, uh, pep everybody up. Uh, one of the nice things, and you guys may not know this too, it, if you want to save a pep, if you have more that, cause you only have three characters on screen at once fighting, or is it four? I can't remember. Four. Is it four or three? I think it's four. Is it four? Okay. Yep. So let's say you have five characters because there's more than there's more than than four. There's, there's eight like, total. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you have four characters on screen. You can trade them in and out as you want to. Uh, let's say one goes pep and you're like, oh, I want to save their pep because I want to do this big pep move. You can actually trade them out for a different character and they'll still stay pepped when they're not fighting. So whenever you're, the other two characters or whatever that you're wanting to pep up become pepped, then you can throw them back in. They'll still be pepped, and then you can do your big pep move. So um, that's a really good way, especially when you're fighting bosses and stuff or you're in a sticky situation where, like, maybe I need to heal everybody. So, oh, Serena went pepped because she's the white mage. I'm going to throw her out and throw in someone else. And then uh, once these other ones become pepped, then I'm going to throw her back in and do the healing move, uh, healing pep um, that heals everybody, you know, or something like that. So that's a really good strategy uh, in the game is that anybody that goes pep, you can throw them out of your lineup uh, while you're fighting uh, to save their pep for 
later on in the fight. Interesting. Yeah, and, and what I read, because I Googled it when I got a little frustrated with it when I was doing that quest. I just wanted to get that quest done before I headed into the castle. I'm like, I'll just get it done real quick. And it, so what I read, and there's not a consensus online, and it seems like every character has their own different way of going into pep. Some it's taking damage, some it's dealing damage, some it's defending. And it, it's just basically like a hidden limit breaker, if you will. There's a limit break on, you know, if you think of Final Fantasy style, there's a limit break bar that fills up, and then you could do your limit break abilities and stuff like that. This one just has something similar that's hidden, and you don't really know what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that it doesn't show you what it is, because that's one thing when I played on the PS4, like, I could not figure out how your characters went into pep. Like, it was just, it just, for to me, it just seemed random. Like, exactly what you said, you know, if they got hit, or if I dodged so many times, or defended so many times, or just got in so many battles, eventually they become pepped, and so I just really utilize, because some quests, some side quests do depend on you becoming pepped to complete them. So what I would do is just when you have all your characters is once they became pepped, I just threw them out of the lineup, threw in someone else that wasn't pepped so they could save their pepped until I got the uh, needed characters I needed to become pepped. Um, So that's pretty much it. Once you get to eight characters, too, you can throw the hero out, which is the main protagonist. You can throw him out of your lineup, so you don't even have to fight with him. So it's not like some of those old classic RPGs where you have to keep him there. Um, you can throw him out completely and just fight with the other characters. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting concept. <laughs> I didn't realize you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't think about the hero. Yeah, the quest the quest line, though, the quest thing is a little bit, um, I guess it's true JRPG style. You have to read the quest. You have to understand what they're doing because sometimes it's just like, what do I, what do I need here? And, you know, some things will drive me nuts because – the characters speak with a I don't even know what I would consider it to be accent. It's like somebody took a Welsh accent and smeared it with a little country redneck in the game because they'd be like, "Oi, I want a little oi water," and you're like, "What the? What are you asking for?" And he wants holy water. <laughs> and he's like, "I want some oi water," and you're like, "What do you want?" You know, you're trying to give these characters something, and they're telling you they don't spell it out. They say something stupid, and you're just right. like. What did you just ask for? Luckily, boy? you didn't play the old Dragon Quest. The old Dragon Quest, they would play an old ink. They would they would talk or in the they wouldn't wouldn't talk, but the the uh, text would be in old English. So boys and thighs. And yeah, and thighs. I brother, you'd be like uh, just like trying to like you know do math mathematical formulas in your head to figure out what the word is. You know? Right. Well, and. and- and it's kind of – and some – like I said, I'm so used to more modern RPGs a little bit that I get lost and forget how literal the old JRPGs used to be because um, the quest I'm talking about in very specific is close to the beginning where you want to borrow the dog to scare the guard, and the boy says, I want some yeah. jazzberries or whatever and some and some right. oily, oily water. He says oily water, and I'm like, yeah, right. what is oily water? And I'm running around the whole area, and I'm like, finally found somebody that sells some water, and I'm like – could he mean holy water? <laughs> and so, you know, and that brings back to another thing of how literal they are. Like, I thought I bought the holy water, and I didn't actually buy it because it tells you, well, what character is going to carry this holy water? And I just was like, yes, buy two. And then I started to run away, and basically I didn't tell him which character to put it in, so I didn't buy it, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> right. everything in this game is extremely literal and intense, so you have to remember that when you're playing JRPGs especially, that everything is intent. You have all these people in your party. They're going to say, hey, who wants to hold the holy water, you know, or do you want to throw it in the group backpack or whatever? You oh, know? Yeah, it, it, exactly right. The item management, you know, you've got to you've got to in this game, especially you've got to take some time to do item management. You basically got to look at your inventory and say, OK, who's holding medical herbs? You know, that, that are pots that can heal you. OK, well, uh, the hero has one and maybe Eric has none. OK, well, I need to go in the item bag and give him three or whatever, because when you're in combat, you can't go into your item bag. So right. he it's has to have those on him. That bit um, me a few times. <laughs> right. Yes. So you've got to go into item management and go, OK, who has what? You know, especially if you take uh, uh, if you change out their weapons, too. Like if you buy a new sword for the main hero. And, and equipped it on him, well, then it goes into his item bag. Well, they don't have a lot of storage. So you either got to sell that item off, the one that you've traded out with, or if you want to keep it, you need to throw it in your equipment bag. Otherwise, 
you're going to be like, oh, I want to throw some medical herbs to him. Well, he has no more storage left. So because he's holding on to a sword and a shield that you're no longer using. So then you got to go into inventory management and go, okay, I need to take them off of him, put them in my equipment bag, and then throw the medical herbs onto him. So you do have to do a lot of uh, inventory management to make sure that everybody has what they need. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, a little, it's a little too micromanagement for That's me. That's what I was going to say, yeah. It's a very micromanaging on the settings and the inventory management. But, yeah. you know, once you get things set and get under hoof, it's, it's, it's good. I mean – I, I will say that, you know, a lot of things are just kind of weird. I don't, I don't know, because we talked about this earlier. I don't think it was a bug. It's probably an intentional thing. But when I first discovered the, the healing issue was when I was running from the dragon in the beginning of the game where he's under the castle, you know, and, yeah. and you've got to run away from him. I ran into another, because as you're, as you're running from the dragon, everything is running away from the dragon, too. Like, you'll see other enemies start scout scattering out of the way and running in out of the way and i ran into one on one time and, I, and it put me into combat with uh with <laughs> the creature and the dragon i'm like oh crap and my guy had half health and i'm like i i went to my inventory and i'm like i know i have healing herbs and i don't have any i can't heal myself and i had no mana to heal because he has a, he has a healing ability at that point and i'm like i can't heal and so the dragon just one shot at me which <laughs> come to find out later that you really are supposed to run and dodge all the little creatures so because if you get hit with any creature it pulls you into combat immediately with him and the dragon yeah uh, i did that once just to see what would happen because i kind of wanted to fight the dragon and the dragon and ruffle just, stomped you <laughs> oh yeah yeah i uh i did not make it uh but you know that's one thing i enjoyed about the game was it gave you it gave you opportunities to make uh uh, uh, farming a little easier for your XP. So when yeah. you're when you're running through your open area and uh, you get you get lucky and both of your characters pep up at the same time at the beginning after you get um, mm-hmm. Axel, what the heck, Eric? Eric. Um, yeah. So what I would do is, I mean, I've got forty hours in, but I'm probably twenty hours into the story because I like to milk. The uh, when you get to the near the camper and you're both pepped up, do a quick save because it will it will stay even if you don't until you use all that pep it stays with you. So I would just milk and run out there, beat the crap out of some you know monsters, try to find a bigger one, run over, save, back and forth, and I, I did a lot of that just to just to make it easier on myself as I went along. Because uh, on my way to where I'm at now, it was a breeze. I was just one-shotting people. I, I will say that the creature animation is kind of funny. I mean, some of the stuff is oh, very funny. Oh, I love funny. it. And the names. <laughs> the names think, for the creatures are hilarious. Yes, I think the, the, the cucumber, cucumber one. Yeah, when you kill him <laughs> and his spear flips in the air and stabs, stabs him. him. Spear, and I'm like, oh, the cucumber just killed himself. You yes. Know? Or, or the, the pig, uh, the... the, uh, the what is it? God, the... Uh, with a hat, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was like the big witch or the sandwich or something like that. Yeah. The ham, the, the ham, ham sandwich is what yeah. it is. Ham sandwich, yeah, yeah, it's the ham sandwich, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the pepping, you know, when we you were talking about the pepping, you know, you don't always need to use a pep ability, right? Because it does enhance your abilities of the characters. So yeah, it gives you a bonus, you, to, like right. So that. if you find like, okay, my characters are pepped. Well, maybe I'll just start fighting a lot of stuff because I can kill them really easily when my when my <laughs> characters are, are pep because they get enhanced stats. So I don't need to use my pep ability because that gets rid of your pep, right? So right. just because you become pep doesn't mean you have to use the ability. You can just use the fact that they're enhanced in their uh, uh, stats to just go around and kill and farm and, and grind. You know, there is some grind to this game. It's not as grindy as some old R JRPGs. You don't have to do a ton of grinding. But, you know, just like JRPGs, you, you should grind, right, to get levels and stuff. And it right. makes it easier. I mean, the game was uh, unnormal. Um, the game was not overly difficult. Um, you know, I, I never had a problem getting slaughtered, uh, you know, at any point in the game. Uh, it might be because I will grind. I mean, that's just me. I like to do that in my RPGs. Because uh, when I, you know, get to the next big bad... You know, if he's a uh, 25, I want to be 50. I want to smack him and be done. So I don't mind the grind, but I like doing that. But I never felt at the beginning that the game was like, oh, my God, this is going to be 
Right. You don't have to grind to go to the next area. Right. Right. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can go on. One nice thing that you guys may not know, too, is if you get the horse, which you can get a horse, there's the bells, there's bells that are set up that you can summon the horse from. Um, If you run through an enemy and kill it, you get experience for that. Yep. I didn't know that. Not as I much. thought they always and, just knocked you off the horse. Well, oh, if, no, they're, gotta be if they're too high a level for you, then you'll go into combat. But if they're not too high a level and you're running with the horse and you hit them, they'll knock back and the creature will die. And that will actually give you and your team experience points. So you can level up in the game. It's it's. I think it's only... I don't think they give you as much as if you were in combat, of course. But you can go through and just plow through a bunch of enemies on the horse and still get experience that way. Hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, that was like one of the first things I accidentally did. I was like, ah, cool. And I just ran through a field, like tearing through a bunch of them. I think I'd gotten on the horse and ran into an enemy and it put me in combat. So I was like, oh, don't do that. Uh, you know, and, I and I've never went back. Last, I can't remember the last time I rode a horse in the, in the game. I just run everywhere. I mean, I did in the very beginning to where you get that. I did too, camp. but and then find I find like, that oh. you you lose you use the horses a lot, especially because there's a lot of areas that you go through again, and you'll be like, I've already been through here, so I'm just gonna jump on the horse and just run through it real quick. Um, because they put the bells, they put the bells at every camp, and they put the bells at pretty much almost every beginning entrance zone. and exited areas. Yeah, so you can grab a horse right away, and that's the best way to go around because you can quickly get around the area. And I mean, you can run, you know, normally, um, but you can quickly get around the area and then you get to where you want to go, especially if you've gone through that area before. It might be just quicker to get on a horse and just run th- to the other side of it. Uh, one of the nice things about combat, too, is you can also do your uh, sword swipe before you go into combat, which will damage the enemy going into combat. So that's also nice, too, if you hit right. the X initiative, or, too, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah it initiative. does give you initiative. Yeah. Yeah, so I would always swing first. Hit first, man. Just swing with the first, sword. ask questions later. Right. So, and there is a jump button. Patrick didn't yes. know that, but there was. <laughs> well, because I'm like, I'm like going through the game. I'm like, A is jump. A is jump. Come on now. Yeah, but it's well, not in this you, game. You got to remember, man. It's Japanese. B is right. jump. <laughs> B is back. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, yeah. The controls were a little bit wonky for me to get used to because going into menus with Y, pulling up the map with x and then using the select button for this and that yeah. i'm like oh it, it threw me off especially bouncing between games this one's a hard one to get the controller down and down pat because it is so different than what i'm used to and and you know right now we're playing a few different games like for review and stuff so you know we just came off of call of duty and now we're now we're doing this one and i'm like oh action versus rpg i'm, I'm getting hosed here on the controller you know so it's uh, I, I like it and I'm going to continue and I want to finish the story and I want to get more party members in my in my in my group. I just got to, you know, buckle down and spend some good solid time with it. But right now we're in the midst of quite a few decent games, so it's hard to stay focused on one. Yeah, it's, it uh, it's definitely a game you want to play and you want to finish. Uh, but like you said, there's there's so much we're doing right now. It's it's rough. And like Russ said, you know, going, having to do or doing back-to-back RPGs is really hard. You know, especially ones that are expansive and long. It's hard to do back-to-back RPGs like that. And, you know, it's the same way for open worlds, right? And, you know, if we were to play like Skyrim and then go into some other open world game, it would be difficult to do because you just got done with one that's so expansive and so big. And then you're going into another one. And it's like you need that kind of that time to, you know, play some other little games and then go and then you're ready for another big, expansive uh, RPG or open world or whatever. Are you talking about how we just went from Yakuza to Valhalla to this? And Right. Yeah. It's hard to do all those RPGs back to back, you know, it's 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 difficult uh, to do all that stuff back to back because, you know, like this game and like Yakuza. You know, you want to play and finish them all, but it's like tr- doing a big game like Yakuza was and, and how long that game is and, and how much story and stuff that is. And then you go right into, you know, we went to, from that to Valhalla, which is another big, expansive RPG. And then from that to Dragon Quest, which is another big, expansive RPG. It's like, 
your brain's like, ah, give me a break. <laughs> let's do something smaller. Let's do, right, let's do something with less brain power. Right, yeah. I mean, I will, I do like that this was on, on Game Pass, you know. Yeah, that's another bonus is it's a great game for your $15, $10 a month, whichever right. version you're on. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a great game for the price. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Russ, what did you think of the character design? That's one thing I didn't hear you say. What did you think of the the DBZ uh, artist? What ends up what ends up in first off what ends up in a game like this for me is that when you guys get talking about it, I just end up finding myself sitting here listening to you guys because number one, Nick has a lot more experience with games like this. You're always opinionated, no matter what, Shane. But we love you anyway. And <laughs> Patrick has a variety of games under his belt, and so sometimes I'll sit here and I'll just listen. And what's what I find very interesting is number one, I almost did every single thing Patrick did. I went and I bought the holy water just in case. I wasn't sure that's what they needed. I ran around. I think I did another quest before I even finished the um, what is it called when you combine your abilities? The the pep. Yeah, the, the pep. pep up. The pep up. I think I got another quest done before I got the pep up quest done. I think that's that's how much I was doing during the time, um, and, and all that. And you know, it, it's kind of refreshing. Now the artistry, I actually enjoyed the artistry in the game. Uh, it didn't bother me too much, though. I am more of a realistic liker. Like me and Patrick, me and Patrick are kind of the same in that I like more realistic, uh, less cartoon like. Um, games, but uh, it was it was still very nice. I mean, it was a very good Japanese made uh, essence, you know, in a, in the Japanese essence RPG uh, JRPG game. So yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the game too. I will probably revisit it, but it may be a little while because, as we've said, you know, we had Yakuza, we had Valhalla, uh, and then you know, I think I got into a little masochism. I got I got um, another Yakuza game going on while we're reviewing other games so you know it's like it's it's a lot for me but this one i need an attention grabber quick unfortunately i'm not i can deal with story but when it's the same story i've heard over and over again that's where i kind of like lose interest pretty quickly through all the mmo worlds that we've played it's kind of the same little story but i mean overall this is like you said for free this is a very economically smart game for a free game 120 plus hours for a game that we say free we do pay for game pass but a minimal cost for a very uh robust game yeah and i will say this you know for this game and and i know you guys haven't completed it yet and i don't want to go into spoiler territory or or in game or anything like that you dare Um, but i will say this one thing Towards the middle of this game, this game does a 180 on you. So just keep that in mind. It does a complete <laughs> 180, and you're like, whoa. Like, things just, I mean, because this game gets really interesting, especially towards the middle. Like, you'll get to a point in the game where you're like, oh, this is the end. No, it is the middle of the game. <laughs> and it does a complete 180, and you're like, oh, man, everything's changed. So, um, just keep that in mind. So it's a really good game. It's a really good story. Like the story is 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 long. Um, it's in depth. There's lots of twists and turns and things that happen that you don't expect. Um, so you know, overall, it, it is a slow story. But you know, once you get going with it and everything, and even what, one of the nice things too is even the the characters that you get have their own stories, right? That are intertwined into the main story, which is nice. Uh, it's not like a side story that you have to go off and do on your own. It's intertwined within the main story. So you get to learn about the characters that are with you and their trials and tribulations and, and the reasons why uh, they're doing certain things and everything like that. You know, Eric, which we all experienced at the very beginning, talks about the seer. You know, the seer told me to go with the luminary and stuff like that, which we all experienced. And so you get to learn about that in the game and, and, uh, who that is and, and, and what that's all about. Um, 
you know, same thing with Victoria and Serena. Their storyline's really interesting. And then the other characters you get along the way, uh, you get to learn all about where they came from and, and what their trials and tribulations are and everything. So uh, it's all intertwined in this big story, which is, it's, it's really great. Uh, and, you know, and I hope you guys do pick it up again. You know, I know we are playing a lot and we're going through a lot of different games, but I hope you do pick it up again and finish it because I really love to talk about uh, the story as a whole uh, once you guys finish it. Well, we need some more bright memory time time frame games. I need. I really enjoyed playing this Dragon Ball game. You know, <laughs> I really enjoyed playing playing <laughs> right. with Trunks and running around with Gohan. You know, and then yeah, powering yeah. up. Trunks you know? got yeah. Trunks got his hair colored. Yeah, because I think I think Trunks the Luminary looks Eric like Trunks. is uh, like uh, Gohan. He's like Team yeah. Gohan. Yeah, Gohan. And then uh, Serena and, and uh, Victoria is like Bulma and, and Chi-Chi. I think the king looks like uh, Garo. <laughs> he does. He yeah. like, so he looks like a villain right from the beginning. Yeah. So. The, yeah. yeah, the character designs are just, just fantastic. I, I've Every one of them is so unique and fun. Uh, the little dudes riding on, I can't think of their names, riding on the skeleton dogs or whatever the hell they right. are. God, they're so goofy looking. Yeah, all the character, all the uh, creature designs and character designs in this game are really great. I think, uh, I, I, you know, for me, I love Dragon Ball. And oh, so, yeah. you know, just seeing that dude's designs, you know, I mean, they're all pretty much the same, but I still love it. It just feels like a alternative Dragon Ball game, you know, game uh, or set in the Dragon Ball universe. But it's this different type of people because, you know, his designs all look pretty much... And they all yes. look. No, I wouldn't say the same, but I'd say like very familiar. You know, they have familiar yeah. features. Um, yeah, there's something about the eyes on every character. The, right, and the hair. Dragon Ball. And the hair. Yep. Right, the hair too. Yep. So high and high and tight. Right. So you know, but I do love his his artistry and stuff, and the the musical score. You know, in this game, the original uh, PS4 version, it was all synth, uh, synthesized. Like music the media, yeah. but in uh the deluxe version it's all orchestrated uh which is great and i think the music's really good um it sounds really good it plays really good it's really you know for dragon quest it's very memorable memorable music so uh yeah i think i think it's uh ultimately a, i think it's a really good rpg and i think everyone should check it out especially if you have game pass uh you can play it on pc and xbox and it is cross save, so you could play it on both if you wanted to. You know, if you mm-hmm. could get on your Xbox and you want to download it on your PC, you can play the same save game you have on your Xbox on the PC. So, win win. Yep, definitely, uh, definitely a play a playable game. Uh, you don't have to be a big RPG fan to enjoy it. Just remember to change those settings at the very beginning. Agreed. Yeah, the settings he's talking about is the what Patrick alluded to, which is the Your fighting control, settings. Yeah. For me, there's one called Battle Settings, which I told the guys about. And it takes you out of that. Because as the game plays originally, it's in that kind of ring mode that Patrick talked about, where you can walk around and do whatever. And that mode, I don't know, for me, it just didn't work. I, I just didn't like it. Uh, but you can change it to classic mode, which classic mode is pretty much where your characters are set line to line like old school RPGs, and you just choose what option, you know, fight, run, defend, whatever. You change um, your tactics around. Yeah, you just pick your tactics and, and then go with that, and that's pretty much it. And and there's no moving around the characters and stuff in a, in a kind of a 3D arena type thing like the original settings are, which I like better. And I think works better than the than the three uh, D arena setting that they uh, have it set to as default. I, so. I agree. I change that immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it definitely works much better because it, it never. I mean, it felt like you're just running for nothing. I agree. Yep. So yep, I enjoy the the different enemies and and stuff like that because there's some pretty unique ones out there and funny play on names and stuff, you know. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of side quests. There's a lot of explorable things. There's the mini medals, which is a trope for Dragon Quest. Um, you know, you may have picked up. I don't know if you guys have picked up any of the mini medals. Oh yeah. But yeah, you learn what that's for and and what collecting those are for later on in the game. 
And, uh, you know, there's also dungeons in the game that don't have anything to do with the main quest that you can go to. And there's a ton of side quests. And, you know, like Patrick said, you do have to read the side quests. You know, you do have to read them. But once you read them, you, you can kind of understand them. Plus, you can go look at them in your inventory or in your uh, in the menu. And it will kind of give you uh, a good idea of what you're supposed to do in the menu. So as long as you can read English combined with Welsh. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Except for that little kid is the oily water. Oily boy. But, yeah. <laughs> but there's I'm some think of what I heard that in. Like what I heard that from because there's a, there's a uh, a mockery of a Christmas movie where he's like, "Oi," you know. That's all I kept hearing that little girl say was, "Oi." Oh, Went some oily water. I think it was a boy, wasn't it? I thought it was a little girl that was oh, no, a little girl, the dog, but but it was just no, a kid. It's a classic anime character. You're just not sure what it was. Yeah, it's <laughs> ambiguous. It's a kid with a dog. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> of course, the dogs all look, you know, the dogs all look Dragon Ball too. I mean, they all look oh, the yeah. same. Well, the, the, the dragon dog. you were talking about, Pat, you know, if that wasn't Shenron from Dragon Ball Z, I don't know who the hell it was. <laughs> yeah, everything looks the same. The dog looked just like the dog you had in the beginning of the game, just a different color. Yep. Yeah, and not much of a different color. <laughs> and yeah, not much of a different color. It almost looks like the same dog. But the game just started out that way, you know. It, it, at the beginning, it helps you with combat and stuff, you know, because uh, uh, Gemma, who's with you, is your lifelong childhood friend, will heal you during the first part of the game, so you don't have to worry about health or anything like that. And then the dog also attacks, which is nice. That'll help you get through combat and stuff like that no it's a it's a really good game definitely glad this is one you recommended yep i definitely yeah. agree yep i would recommend it i would recommend anybody who loves jrpgs or rpgs in general it's a great game it's you know especially if you have game pass it's free so why not play it you know it's got high markings it, like patrick said it's the best Dragon Quest game out there, and I, I've played a lot of the Dragon Quest games, and I would definitely agree that's one of my favorites as far as the Dragon Quest uh, games go. And it's completely accessible, right? <clears throat> and a little bit more than some of the older Dragon Quest games. It's, it's definitely a lot more accessible to a, a larger audience. So, yeah, I mean, if you have Game Pass, you know, download it today and play it. It's a great game to play. Uh, if you don't have Dragon, or if you don't have Game Pass, then you know buy it because it's worth it. It's worth the sixty dollars too. I mean, you're gonna get your money's worth. There's like yeah. at least 140 hours worth of gameplay in this game, so you're gonna get your money's. <laughs> you're gonna get your sixty dollars <laughs> worth of game. Well, cool. Anybody else got anything they want to add on this one before we call it a uh, wrap? <laughs> no, no. I think uh, I think I've said all I can say about this great little game. All right. Awesome. Well, we we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we hope to catch you on the next episode. <laughs>